You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Well, I've known Peter Nicky for quite a while. Um, and so it's, quite, it's a pleasure to be here. When, when they started Redeemer, we were here, we used to come from Bermondsey, when they met in their lounge and prayed with people and so on. And we haven't been here for quite a while. And we came in today and it's like, wow, what happened? Look at this, the glory of God in this place. And the interesting thing is that Pete prayed something this morning, which was something like, Father, there's lots hidden, kind of underground. Bring it out. All our gifting and our abilities and our bring it out. And it reminded me of when I was in Bermondsey Church. It was before the shard went up, yeah? It was kind of just a piece of ground there. And then hoardings came round, this piece of ground. And uh, it said there was going to be the highest building in Europe will be there. But we saw nothing. And it like took a year and we saw nothing. Because they were digging the foundation, and one of our elders was on a double-decker bus, and in the church on the Sunday, he brought a word, and he said, he sat upstairs, and he looked over the hoardings, and he could see down into the foundation. The foundation was so deep, to, to maintain the highest building, the foundation took about a year to go down, and... When he looked over, you know, it's layer by layer, the foundation was being built, and he saw these people running, and there was this one plugging in there, all at, at work clothes on, plugging in here, yeah, doing this. It was all very messy and, and so on. And, um, and God said to him to tell that the foundations are being built. Yeah? When... There was a little hole in the, ho- in the hoardings, and you could go and peep through. We saw it above ground. And the same elder, God spoke to him and said, the foundations have been built at the shard. Now it's coming above ground. Now people are going to see it. Now before, it was kind of, you know, everything was a bit messy and so on. But when you come above ground... The, sh- the windows must be polished. The work clothes changed. And God spoke to him about the church um, having the foundations laid, but it's now come above ground. And as I came in here this morning and I looked at all this, I thought, ooh, it's like the shard. <laughs> and then Pete prayed, Father, what is underground? Will you bring out? And that is when I said to him, he's very prophetic because he had no idea what was going on in my mind. But I feel for you guys, you like the shard. Your foundation's now been laid. And you coming above ground. And what you did before is going to get more power. And people will start looking in and wanting to come and see what happens with the church. Because the church is powerful. You heard... I could stand here all day and tell you stories, you know, about where I've come from. But my passion for the church is very high. 
and the kingdom. Because in this nation at the moment, things are shaking. Yes? I like a bit of response. Amen. Amen, yes. So things are shaking. But you know, the more they shake, the more excited I get. Because I come from a nation that has shaken. And the church stood up. And you know, we as the church in this nation are the answer to what is going on. It's not about, you know, getting very politically involved and all that. But it's about being the church, being an answer. Um, coming and bringing healing and hope and deliverance. And when people are scared of what is going to happen, it's like, we have a hope. Yeah, but what about my job? Now, let me tell you about somebody who's got jobs. Somebody who's a father to us. You agree? Yeah. It's the church. I love even the, the word church in my mouth. is wonderful. Because I come with a history of seeing what the church can do. Who we actually are. And um, in Psalm 2, Psalm 2, 7, it says, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. This is Jesus. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession." So Jesus owns the nations. He owns the nations and he owns this nation. So the hope is big. My hope in this nation is so big. I'm so excited to be here for such a time as this because I think the church can do it. But we've got to actually know that. You've got to know it in your knower, we say. You've got to really know and believe if you were born in another nation, I want you to stand up, please. Now, isn't this interesting? Ask of me and I will give you the nations. Look how God has brought the nations, how he's saving nations, and brought the nations in here at a time like this uh, to put all our stuff together that we know of him to help this nation. Every single one who's here, whether you were born here or called here, um, Acts 17.26 says, before time, God knew where you're going to live. He's apportioned where you would live. So every single one that's come from another nation and every single one of you who are in this church at this moment are called for such a time as this. You each have a role to play in the healing of this nation. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Has anybody ever told you that? I want you to tell each other. Look. Yep. Let's be into... You know, I like family. I'm not a preacher preacher. I've, I've done the Bible school thing, but I'm not a preacher preacher. It's like, come on. I want to speak to you as a mother. We in a family. Tell each other, I'm here for a purpose. Tell each other. Because we're not here just by chance. God has called every single one of us here.
for such a time as this. Every single one is important. That's why I love that song about uh, all the different rainbow colors, all the, the rich, the poor, the, those who've got lots of degrees and those who don't have as many degrees, all called, and everyone is as important as the other because of the call that God has put on each one of us. Because we are powerful. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I stood in the front and I've looked around and I thought, we are calling on God for the presence and we always want more. But the presence of God is here. Use what you've got and he will bring more. Yeah? If we're always waiting for more and, and we must on a Sunday say, Father, I want more. I had my hands out, give me more. I like what I've got, so give me more. Be hungry, but be on the front foot hungry. Don't be an Oliver Twist victim. I don't. I need more, otherwise I'm not going to be able to do anything. Don't have that attitude. Come from an attitude of, I've got, now I want more. I've tasted, and I see that he is good, so now give me more. You up for that? Yes. So you use what you've got. It's not, well, they've got more, so I've got to wait till I've got that. No, use what you've got and it grows. You know, looking at you, I love what I see. I love the anointing on you. I love the anointing on Peter and Nikki. I love what God is doing here. It's like a, it's like a well, and I feel you're going to grow quite big. Isaiah 54, stretch out the ten pegs. Uh, lengthen and strengthen, strengthen what's at home, but lengthen also. You're going to stretch out to the east and the west. Um, something's going to be happening here where it's going to explode with people. It's going to explode because God's going to bring people in here. This is not in my notes. This is all that I'm just <laughs> picking up, you know. Uh, God's going to bring people in here who are hungry, who want to come to a family, a people who... who who are secure knowing who they are in God. And they're going to come for the love and the kindness that I feel is in this room right now. And so, Father God, will you come and do something here? Will you come and do something? Lord, the world lacks kindness. Let there be kindness in the church and great, great love. You know, we as, as, if you were a, a disciple of Jesus, your inheritance is that you're able to do signs and wonders. Yeah. Can I say that? I'm going to be talking to you. This isn't, as I said, this is, this is just a family chat. Um, is that you do signs and wonders. So people are going to come in here for healing. And, you know, during worship, while we're worshiping, it's, to, it's not always to wait for somebody to pray with you, but it's to actually say, Father, heal me right in worship. Heal me. It's such an expectation of the power of the church. The combined power like this is so big. It is so big that the demons have to flee. They can't get in here. They are too scared of us. And you think, but who am I? Who? Who lives in us? What did we just celebrate? Easter. 
The resurrected Christ by His Holy Spirit lives in us. Isn't that powerful? We have answers. We have gifting dripping off our fingers. We have gifts of healing. And it's not, well, that one's got a gift of healing and I've got nothing. We, there are people with big gifts of healing or big prophetic gifts and so on. But we all. Jesus sent the 12 out and said, go and do. Then he sent 72 others out and said, now you go and do. And they d we don't know their names. They were just others. I'm one of the others. And they went and did what the 12 did. And then you get the Great Commission. Now go out. And these signs will follow you. Not for the special ones. or It's all. So we can all bring healing. We can all pray for healing for people. Father, I want to ask that this church inherits what you called them to. Because the church is a we heal. We heal. And that doesn't mean I've prayed for people and they've died. I've prayed for people and they weren't healed. I've prayed for people and they were healed. You know, I've prayed for people. It's about obedience. It's not about the end result. I cannot heal a soul. I cannot drive out demons, but I've seen demons driven out in the name of Jesus. But it's his name. I can't do it. I can't heal. I've led hundreds of people to the Lord. I can't save a soul. What can I do? Nothing. But he lives in me. And he does it. So all I do is I step out in obedience and say, okay, well, Lord, I'm putting my hand out and I'll watch to see what you will do. Does that sound all right? Does it make it easier? It's not... Yeah, but if I pray and nothing happens, what, what happens? Well, if nothing happens, at least I love the person enough to pray. And God always does something if we pray for someone or when we pray. He always does something. Maybe it's not what we wanted or maybe even what they wanted, but he always does something. So be very free to give away. Don't be scared. Father, I want to break fear over us of healing. Fear to pray for people because it didn't work. Yeah, but I think John Wimber said he prayed for 100 or 140 people or 100, 200 before he saw somebody healed. But you see, he prayed and he went on and he went on. So I, I push and I say, well, Father, it's in the Bible. I want it. I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to try. And if it doesn't work, doesn't work. How can God not work? I'm going to go again and again and again and again. And every now and again, there it is. And the more you practice, the better you get. Am I allowed to say such stuff? You see, we practice keyboard to be able to play. But we think we just can be born again and be fully grown in all the gifting and know what we're doing. We don't. We practice and step out in obedience. And God says, well done. Well done for your obedience. So I speak freedom. Freedom over all of us to bring healing wherever we go. This is going to be a place of generosity. You know, when Jesus died on the cross for our sin, 
and, um, and then was resurrected and rose again. And we just, we just uh, inherit from him eternal life for free. It's free. It is so free. But to actually preach the gospel then for us costs. To plant churches, to be multi-site, to give the gospel, to, uh, it costs. Not a, it costs in our confidence and stepping out, but it also costs financially. To actually plant churches costs financially. And so a generous spirit, I feel, is what God wants to... Uh, I know you are very generous, otherwise you wouldn't be in this hall. Well, it, that's how it is. But a generous spirit to go again. To see the kingdom advancing and say, oh, I'm going to get behind this. To get excited for church planting. To get excited for multi-site. To see the gospel advance in other nations as well as this. Is that okay? You excited? In Acts 13... This is actually an apostolic talk I'm giving you. This is, a, this is an apostolic call to you. In Acts 13, 1, Now they were in the church at Antioch. Prophets? Any prophets here? I want you to put your hands up. Yes. If you think you're a bit prophetic, if you'd like to be prophetic, put your hands up. Oh, that's more like it. May I say to you that if you would like to be prophetic, it's because there's some of it in you already. Otherwise, you wouldn't want it. We don't want what's not there already. Therefore, give it a go. Practice. Prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, that means he came from Africa. Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. So that team was so cross-cultural, so very cross-cultural. It had all different colors as was sung. It had the friend of Herod the Tetrarch, who had been very posh, uh, very posh indeed, but also not always, the, maybe in, not always the best person around. But when he got born again, he was full of power. So it's rich and poor, those who have done not so good and those who've done good, all in Antioch. And when I asked you to stand up, you've got that here. You've got your locals and you've got your uh, people from all over right here. This is, this is like Antioch. You agree? And when, in Antioch, when they got together like that, and they were praying, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, now set apart Paul and Barnabas. So we must expect, when we get together to pray, that the prophetic will flow, and that um, uh, God will give direction of what to do next. And that's not just like, well, it's the elders and the leaders. This is for all of us. We're the church. It's, a, it's an every-member ministry. The, the leaders cannot do without the church standing with them, bringing all the, the gifting in a package deal. Am I telling you things that you know 
things that you agree with? You agree? So, a number of years ago, over Easter, Greg and I were in Antioch, Antakya, in Turkey. And uh, I spoke at an Easter conference there, which was kind of, you have to downplay it, because Easter is not big there. And on Good Friday, we were taken to catacombs. It's now a tourist attraction, catacombs, in the hills, where... Uh, people that the Christians had hidden away from those who were persecuting them. And it's quite something to stand in Antioch, in the catacombs. And you know what they showed us? We, we didn't go as... We had locals show us, local Christians. It was We weren't part of a tour. And they showed us in the back of the catacombs the stone marks as the Christians tried to dig their way out of the back of the catacombs because of the danger that was coming. And you stand there and you think, that's my family. It becomes so real over Easter. It's so real. What people have suffered so that we can sit here today. It, makes it, it made it come alive. You just stand there and you weep because you know then as your family, we have a history. And in 50 years' time, we need to leave something behind. We are those now who must leave something behind. So in 50 years' time, the other generations will look back and say, wow, look how they stood up at a time of troubles in the UK. Look what they did. Does that make sense? But to stand there in the catacombs, and then they took us to the beach where Paul and Barnabas were sent from. Uh, it's like, wow. But what struck me was they were my family. It was family. It wasn't just, well, it's in the Bible. It's family. Amazing, amazing. And they left us something, a history to get hold of. This is who we are. In Galatians 2.10, when Paul and Barnabas were sent off, it, Paul was told, all I ask is that you remember the poor. And so when we're in a, in a, a base, a church that's a giving church and a, a signs and wonders church, the one thing we must remember is the poor because... God's heart. He doesn't have any, he doesn't have a, a special people. He has got no favorites. But he has a bias towards the poor because the rich can afford lawyers and so on. The poor go to him. And even if they're not Christians, they call. Even if they swear in their calling, they call. And he brings an answer. And so it's remember the poor. Because you see, Paul was stepping out to give the gospel to the Gentiles. The Jews always remembered the poor. If you read the Old Testament, it, throughout it mentions the poor. Yeah. And uh, the Jews, who were now Christians, were saying to Paul, now when you go among the Gentiles, tell them to remember the poor. And so I bring that to you, remember the poor. 
Let's not harden our hearts to uh, the picking and the choosing. You know, Isaiah 58 says, if you do away with a pointing finger, look at them and look what they're doing and they've got and they don't and they don't work and they... It's like God says, no, put that away. Put that away. And let's be of kindness. And it's a, it's a compassion in the heart to say, Father, please help. Please help me not to judge and please help. It doesn't mean everybody gets involved, but it's a heart of compassion. And then we need to strengthen this base with friendships. Eat food together, people. Eat food. And at your table, make sure you're not all of the same color or class. I, I really mean that in, in Cape Town, because we used to be white people and black people and what you would call mixed race, we would call colored. So we had separate churches, separate everything. And then we became multiracial. But it was like, it's, it's not about seats the color of the behind on the chair or the class of the behind on the chair doesn't make us multiracial. It's actually when you have a party, who's sitting around your table? What color or what class is sitting around your table? That's a big, it's quite an eye-opener. So in Cape Town, I ran lots of racism, uh, breaking of racism workshops, and that's one of the things that we had to say, who sits around your table? Who's at your 21st birthday parties or weddings? Because we are naturally attracted to people who are like us. But Jesus, being in very nature God, didn't count equality, this is from Philippians, equality with God, something to be grasped, but humbled himself to death on the cross. And he's my role model because I'm a recovering racist. I come from a racist background and have worked hard and still work hard. Father God, keep me free. It's, it's an intentional thing to remain free from judging classes and judging color and judging, judging, judging. I intentionally bring my head to God and say, help, Lord. Oh, I don't want to judge. Because in South Africa, we were so busy being racist that we didn't know about class. And I come to this nation as like... Please teach me about what happens here with the class. Do you see? And it's so there. It's like, it's just there. And we don't even realize. We don't work at it. It's just there. And his father wants to bring healing. And so, you know, as a church, Redeemer Church, I think you're wonderful. And seeing what God has done here in Ealing, I'm overwhelmed. I have a Scottish friend who says, overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by what God has done. And I just feel wherever God calls me, he wants to move the church on. And I feel it's a move on day for you today. I feel there's a, a new call on you. There's a new um, intensity, something of, yeah, moving on, bigger picture, bigger mindset, hanging on to God because his presence is here. Now get more. But from a greed point, can I say that? I'm greedy for God. I'm not. I want you, Lord. Give. I want more. It's from that more than, please, sir, may I have some more? Oliver Twist, you know. 
And so I want to call you. Are you ready? I went all over the place today because I haven't looked really much at my notes except for a few scriptures. Uh, But I like that because that means I'm bringing something that's for you. And so I feel God's got a call to take you. You've got to think bigger. You've got to think, think bigger, higher. Think, don't, don't get into a poverty mentality of, you know, it's going to be, and what about, it's like, no. I remember leaving Cape Town and I sold my nice, somebody gave me a check for my birthday and I bought this wonderful silver, silver cortina, whatever it was. And, and when I came over here, I had to sell it and I thought, I'm never going to have a car again. And I had to check myself, this is 13 years ago, thinking, is my God so poor that he can't give me another car? Father, I want a better car when I come to the, came to, come to the UK. And I had to change my mindset deliberately. It's not about name it, claim it, frame it, but it's about, oh God, why would he not give me a car to drive in here because I go around all over? I came here and I got one with electric windows and power steering and it was also silver and it was bigger and I felt God say, you see? But I had to choose to believe that because I've given up something for him, it's not I'm going to lose it forever. He's going to give, he's going to give back more. So I want to ask, I know I have a gift of faith and I want to ask for an impartation here today of a gift of faith for all of you, for this next stage of your journey, so that, it, so that you reach higher, think bigger, think bigger. Don't let money be the holding you back, because my God is rich. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he's never sold one yet to provide for all of us. And it's not about always digging in your own pocket, it's about, Father, we need some bucks. I've, I've had 650 houses built with no money. And they're all there because God provided. He wants to take us as a nation, the Western nations, in a whole new walk with him of trusting. And I feel he, this is the call. It's, it's a London call, but it's a world, it's, you're going to stretch out to the East and the West. You're going to plant in other nations. There's going to be those of you sitting here today who are going to plant in other nations nations. Yeah? Yeah, but who, me? I can't do... Yes, God is going to use you. If you are up to be commissioned into this next season of Redeemer Church, I want you to come forward. It's the next call on Redeemer Church. It's the next faith level. It's trusting God maybe like never before and your trust, I can feel your trust is big. And it's open to all. It's not for the best. And, the, and even if you were visited today from another church, come forward and take it back to your church. If you have been looking in today and you think, yeah, but I don't even know this Jesus. These people are mad. God brought you in today. And even if you're not a follower of Jesus, come forward anyway and tell somebody, I want to get to know Jesus today. And we will be so willing, so willing. God wants to bring a new commission on you. He says, well done for where you've come. 
Well done. Well done. Now, do you want more? And even if you don't come forward, it's fine. It's not about the coming forward. Because I'm African, I just like a bit of movement, you know? <laughs> you know, we Africans, we move. But God, Jesus walks right there among you, so you miss out on nothing. Is that okay? You miss out on nothing. This, yeah, this is more for me, really. I want to ask the elders and wives to come forward, to come up here with me. Because I'm going to be going, so I can't really commission you. It's, it's this lot. Who's going to... I want you up here. And Father God, now as true charismatics get into receive mode, <laughs> Father God, Lord, that presence we were calling on. Lord, how do we go forward without the next stage of your presence? Father God, Father God, come with power. Lord, we want the atmosphere to zing with you. Really, you know, we want to, there's some of us, Lord, who have, who, who have never felt your touch. We, we've, we, we're disciples, we're born again, what, we're saved, whatever term you want to use, but we've, we've never felt you. Lord, do something miraculous here today and let people feel you deep within their hearts deep in their mind, deep in their bellies, because it's out of our bellies springs of living water will flow. Yes. Holy Spirit, come. Yes. Fill, and Lord, this gift of faith. And Lord, the confidence to step out in healing and deliverance yes. and preaching the gospel and seeing people, not always, it, it, you know, there, there's going to be people who reap and people get saved but we've got to play our part. Father, make us part players. And then let us reap at times as well. Yes. Father, we want our inheritance. Lord Jesus, thank you that we've got inheritance stored up for us when we see you eye to eye. Yes. When you come again. But we're alive now. And there's an inheritance for us. That, that the confidence, the grace, yes. the power to be good bringers in the world and to each other in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you. And now I'm going to ask the elders to commission you. It's like a, as the church, we don't need permission. The Bible's our permission to live the Bible. But sometimes we actually need permission it's a funny thing. It's like, but can I? What about? So I want the elders to commission, like church. Now, we are rich in power and the glory of God. We are rich. We are bubbling up with this power. Yes. Uh, and therefore, now go out into the world. Go to your workplaces and, and go and be lights there. That doesn't mean you're going to preach the gospel to everyone because you pay to do your job. Do it so well that they will come and say, you're different. Do your job so well. Don't spend time that you should be working preaching the gospel. Don't let bosses say, oh boy, them, those Christians, all they want to do is talk about Jesus and their work is so bad. Please, be good role models of Good work ethics. 
so that they come and they say, you're different. Yes, I'm different. Why? Jesus. Oh. And then you say, well, can I pray with you? Yeah? Let's receive from him right now. <laughs> Jesus, we know everything we need is found in well, you. Yes. Everything. Lord, whatever our job, whatever our role, and uh, you commission us. And so we come right now and say, fill us with your spirit. You know what we're facing this week, this month, this year. Lord, I pray over every person who's crying out to you. Lord, yeah. fill them. Lord, let them go, we pray. Lord God, I just get that picture of Samson. He, he lit the fox's tails with a torch, and they just went, and they sort of did stuff all over the place. And there was this carrying, this burning thing. Now, I know that was destruction on enemies. But I just feel this sense of God wants to commission you. What's the put Literally, a light on your tail. Wherever you run, there's going to be an impact because you go there. And we pray that whether you're on the tube, <laughs> whether you're in the gym, whether you're at home, when you're at work, we do want to pray a commissioning in Jesus' name on each person right now. Can I just share? Um, about seven years ago, Angela was in a room with us in Pete's house. And some of us were here. Edward was probably here. Anna, a few of us. And Angela had this picture for Redeemer of an apple tree. And the picture was, um, well, we were only 15 people. The picture was that there's plenty of apples in Ealing that are already on the floor. And that we should go after them. And I just feel like God's saying now it's our chance as a group here this morning that we've got to shake the tree. And the others are going to fall. So I just want to thank Angela for, for being with us virtually for seven or eight years. And yeah, I just feel like that is really a, a step forward in that picture. So. Thank you. God, we want to pray uh, for what Angela shared about remembering the poor. But yes. we want to be people who are different because we see the people in this borough that others overlook. Mm. And we want to ask God, break our hearts. We don't want to be um, in any way racist or living yeah. by a certain class only. Yeah. We want to yes. be radical followers of Jesus yes. Yes. who see the poor and the needy in this borough. And God, we want to pray that even as we leave this amazing hall and as we go out into the borough, there would be a sense spiritually of us going out into this borough in a way that we never have before. Lord, that almost just as, as something gets shaken in where we meet, something would be shaken in our hearts, each of us and as a church, as we start to say, right, now I'm looking at other people. Now we're looking at the streets around us. Now we're looking at the people around us. Now we're looking at the lost and the last and the least. God, we pray, don't allow us to have years and years of comfort when there could be a few years ahead, maybe even this year, of us radically following you to the streets to look for those who need you. God, we pray, break our hearts for the poor in a way that has never been done in this church before. We give you permission, God, we give you permission just to take us to the poor and remind us of them day by day, week by week as we meet. We pray, shake us to do that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Anybody else here? Yeah? yeah, Father, I pray that today is going to be a new day of taking you at your word. The things that we read in the Bible that you have said will happen about you and that you can do. Lord, I pray today will be a new day where we will take you 
at your word. You have said you will do it, and so we can trust in your promises that you are going to do it. Lord, where we've listened to lies, or we've talked ourselves out of it, or we thought maybe maybe God's just different today. Maybe it's not going to happen in, in Ealing or in London. Our situation's different. Lord, we pray. Lord, we want to repent of that. And Lord, we want to uh, say, no, we're going to take you at your word. Let us be people of your word that love your word and believe that you are going to do what you have said you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I really feel like God wants us to look around at the people in our church. And before we go out and love people who are not like us, that we have to look around and see people, um, see the people in our church as family and learn to love each other as family and not, um, you know, not like you were saying, invite people around who are of the same color, of the same class, people that we get on with. But uh, every single person here is our family member. And if we can't love each other here, then we can't love people outside. So Father God, I pray that you'll increase our love for each other, that that you'll make us into such an amazing family that when people come in, that they can see that there's something different here, that we're not like the world, that we have an amazing love um, because of the way that you've loved us. And I pray that you'll grow that this year and that when people are invited into this family that they won't be able to leave because it's such an amazing place to be. One minute. I want you to go to people and say and pray, the power and the love of Jesus that I have, I give to you. Now, among yourselves, the power and the love of Jesus that I have, I give to you.